Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. And it has been. Uh, Now, saying that, I don't mean that I just live my life amped all the time, you know. Uh, I don't come bounding out of bed in the morning singing the Hallelujah Chorus or anything like that, but I can tell you that in looking back, and I am uh, coming up on my 47th year of being a Christian on February 1st, it'll be 47 years uh, that I gave my life to Christ. Uh, Just a week and a half after that is my birthday, and so my spiritual and physical birthdays are real close to each other, and I always feel very sentimental and reflective uh, during this time because of what has happened in my life. And I can tell you, as I look back on 47 years of living for Jesus, it has not been boring. I have seen some things over the years that were astonishing, really. Uh, In our church in Flagstaff in 1975, just several months after I got saved, uh, another long-haired hippie came in. Uh, He had been a drug dealer and a drug addict. His name was Larry Huck, and he got saved in our church. He had before, he came to Flagstaff. I think the reason he came to Flagstaff was evading the law. He had been from St. Louis, but he had lived in Colombia, Medellin, Colombia, had a ranch there, and he's smuggling cocaine in uh, from South America. And at this time, I believe that he was evading the law. He came to Flagstaff. Long story short, he got saved. And so we were in uh, revival services with uh, an evangelist named Johnny Metzler. Larry had just gotten saved several weeks before, long hair, uh, pretty rough looking, and this evangelist, Johnny Metzler, was what at that time would have been the stereotypical evangelist. I mean, what everything that uh, was conjured up in, in Larry's mind of, of negative as far as evangelist would go. He had his hair combed back, kind of a, uh, uh, a uh, neon-colored suit, and he's very flamboyant, but he was a true man of God, and he had a, a strong gift ministry. And so he had been calling people out in our church and giving them words. I always sat on the front row, and we had two sections in the church and a center aisle, and so uh, Larry just did, thought this guy was a fake, he was a phony, he was everything about religion that he couldn't stand, and so he's being, but he had an open heart. And so Larry prayed a simple prayer, and he said, God, he said, if this is really real, have him call out somebody I can trust. Next person called out was Larry Huck, because Larry was the only person Larry would trust. And so he comes forward. Now, people have been being prayed for. They had been falling out in the spirit, and, and people had, you know. And so Larry's looking at all this. He had never seen anything like this, experienced anything like So 
he was, he's always been very stocky, in good health, but very stocky. And so he came up and he braced himself because he thought, I'm not, this guy's not going to push me over. Uh, and so his mind is turning. And Johnny Metzler, this evangelist, pointed at him. And he said, young man, he says, I know that you have a lot of questions, but God is going to show you in a way that you cannot deny that this is real. And he began, and I'm sitting just uh, like, very close, and I'm watching all this, he begins to reach his hand out to pray for Larry, and he got not but about three inches from his head, never even touched him, and the power of God hit Larry, threw him back, I mean lifted him up off of his feet, threw him back two or three rows, and he was down on his back, and baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. That's how he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'd never seen anything like that before. I, truthfully, I have never seen anything like that uh, from that time. Of that, that time. I've seen a lot of things, but never seen that. And you know, all I could say was, wow. Wow. Life with God isn't boring. And I have, I've seen so many things over the years. Uh, uh, we have seen in this church uh, drug addicts that have been set free, alcoholics that have been set free, marriages restored and put back together, uh, people that had been religious all their life but didn't know, the, didn't know Christ uh, become born again and have a real relationship with Jesus when I was pastoring in Rancho Cucamonga, California, we saw former uh, rival gang members that had gotten saved and were in church together praising and, and serving God. Uh, I saw in the Philippine Islands in a crusade one night, I was watching before the crusade, before I prayed in that prayer, there was a woman with a paralyzed hand. And she, I had watched her through the service. After uh, I had preached, we just prayed a, a prayer over this entire uh, crusade crowd that came out. And the Spirit of God touched her. And it was like the man in the Bible with the withered hand. And God immediately restored that hand, watched it as it came out. And she was testifying and praising God. Her paralyzed hand had been healed. And so... There's so much that I have seen God do over the years, and I uh, uh, can only say, looking back over 47 years, wow. God is so incredible that He deserves our awe. I thought about calling this message awe, but then I thought, well, some people will go awe, and so I didn't want to. See, in Psalm 33 and verse 8, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Amen. And as it's saying, fear the Lord, this is talking about a reverential fear. It isn't talking about a dread or a terror of God. We are not to be afraid of God. We are to have, and this is explained in the same verse, an awe of him. 
And what this means really is God has the wow factor. He has the ability to wow us. And uh, he has over the years at times just absolutely wowed me. Uh, when I was a young pastor, I hadn't been pastoring but for about three or four months and wrestling and struggling with early ministry. I was only 23 years old, pastoring my first church in Winslow, Arizona, and was very green, very young, and had only been saved for four years. After four years of being saved, I was sent out to pastor. And now, looking back, it's absolutely terrifying thinking of that. But I, when I was, you know, believing for the whole city to be one and all that. After three or four months, really God had been doing things, but I was so self-conscious and, and all, and preaching uh, three times a week and, and teaching Bible studies and counseling and everything. I was just absolutely overwhelmed. And so I was getting ready to go to my first Bible conference, and that was, it was in our mother church in Flagstaff, and I'm just done. I, I was exhausted. I was uh, uh, so uh, not confident and just done. And I, I prayed a desperation prayer before that conference. And I said, God, if you don't do something in my life during this conference, I'm not going to make it. The fourth night of the conference, Larry Neville was preaching, and after he preached, he stood up and he said, there are four pastors that you came to this conference, and you said before you came, God, and he repeated my prayer, God, if you don't do something in my life, I'm not going to make it. And so I went forward, I was prayed for, and you know, that was 43 years ago, <laughs> and uh, God wowed me. He still has the ability to wow me. We, we need to have a sense of awe in our lives. I, I think one of the greatest disservices to God that has been done through religion is where it has made God seem boring. He is anything but boring. And he wants us to know it and live like it. Uh, I've got a, a portion of Scripture in Psalms 8, verse 1 through 9. I'm going to read uh, this, and it talks about our, our awe and what God does in our lives. He says in, in verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set, sorry, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beast of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea uh, that pass through the paths of the seas, and he ends up 
saying, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Twice in this psalm, he uses this phrase, O Lord. And I like that. Uh, Over and over again in the Bible, this phrase is used, O Lord. And and it is meant to be used, and it was used as it's in the Word of God, and by those who spoke it as an expression of awe. And now in our day, when you hear somebody say, O Lord, a lot of times it's an expression of exasperation. You know, something's going wrong, something weird's happening, and so they go, oh, Lord. But I want to encourage us this morning to put the ah back in our oh, Lord. That it, it should mean in our lives an expression of praise and of thanks. It should be an expression of awe. Someone said these words that awe is a prerequisite to worship. That Worship is inspired out of a sense of awe from God. And we really do need to be overwhelmed with God. And this leads to my first major point, and that is uh, being overwhelmed with God will help keep us from being overwhelmed by the other things in life. And there are plenty of things that can overwhelm us in this life, aren't there? Jesus talked about the cares or the anxieties or the worries of this life. Uh, What's going on in our lives at the moment can be pretty overwhelming, can it? What's going on in the world as we look at the world uh, can be overwhelming. The, the, uh, The violence and viruses and volcano these were going through my mind you know volcanoes erupting and all of this the violence and the lawlessness and and these things it can seem what's happening in the world it seems sometimes overwhelming what's going on in the lives of those that we love can overwhelm us i told you i've got a birthday coming up and getting older can be a little overwhelming Now, I'm not old, thank you, long long in coming, but I appreciate it, somebody, I'm not, I am, I am, I recognize I'm getting older, you know, old to me now, that's getting, that's, it's getting later in life all the time. Like I, now, to me, old is, uh, I, you know, like 85 and older, I think, is probably getting a little old. So anyway, I am, I am getting older, and, uh, you know, my memory isn't what it used to be. I uh, uh, used to be able to, like, uh, when preaching, going over my notes beforehand, I go over my notes, and then hardly ever look at my notes again I did, because my memory was good. Well, those days are gone. <laughs> I was in the kitchen the other day, at the, standing at our kitchen counter and pausing for a moment because I was trying to remember why I came in there. Never did remember. It wasn't, I, I don't forget to eat, so it wasn't that I, 
But whatever it was, it, I went in there with a purpose and somewhere between leaving uh, my office in the house and going to the kitchen counter, I forgot. So those things, you know, getting older can be overwhelming. There are so many things in our lives that can be overwhelming. We can get overwhelmed by me just talking about all the things there are to be overwhelmed by. And so uh, this morning... If you're, if you're viewing or listening online, if you're overwhelmed by something or many things, you're not alone. And I want to look for just a little bit at how God feels about us when we're overwhelmed. And this is really important because uh, there are those who understand that God's concerned about us but I also think that there are uh, a number of believers who think that when they get overwhelmed that God is somehow disappointed and, and almost we can almost as if God was saying, come on, get it together. You can do better than that. So... I got the following statement. I'm going to read it a couple of times. I actually am putting it on the board or the screen. How we feel, God feels, about how we feel is probably more important than how we feel at the moment. Now, I know I put a lot of feels in that sentence, but I did it for a purpose, and it's important for us to understand how we feel, God feels, about how we feel is probably more important than how we feel at the moment. If we are overwhelmed with life and we feel like God is somehow disappointed with us or disgusted with us for allowing ourselves to get overwhelmed, we'll feel even more overwhelmed. So have you ever felt like, you know, I know I shouldn't let this stuff get to me like it is. I, I, I do believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in the power of God and all of that. But somehow I just at the moment feel overwhelmed. And if we feel by that, we, we can almost think, you know, God's uh, disappointed or irritated with us for not trusting him better. And that is a terrible place to be. Being overwhelmed with feeling overwhelmed. And it's important for us to know how God feels about our feelings. This is so powerful. It's so simple, but so powerful. He is not disgusted. He is compassionate and just wants to help us. And listen to the words in Hebrews 4 and verse 15. For we have not an high priest, as is talking about Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That means weaknesses or difficulties and all that. This tells us how God feels about our weaknesses. He is touched. He is moved by them. In the, one of the verses that we opened with this morning, Psalm 8, verse 4, he says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Now, as I was putting this together, it really overwhelmed me to think that God is actually touched with the way I feel 
and that he is mindful of me. He is mindful of us. Think about that. God, the God who created all things, the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God is mindful of us. His mind is full of us. He's thinking about us all the time. In Psalm 40 and verse 5, it says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us no one can compare with you. If I should declare and speak of them, they are too many to be numbered. God's thinking about us all the time. Listen, this morning, you need to hear this for you. God's thoughts about you are more than can be numbered. He is, his mind is full of you. Isn't that overwhelming? He's not critical of us when we're hurting, when we're struggling. He cares about us. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And we really need to know this about how God feels about our feelings. He feels for us. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I I paused for the rest of that because we can look at that and, and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And what? He'll make us feel guilty for uh, not being able to handle the load or uh, he'll give us a piece of his mind, but it doesn't say that. Continues on in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Amen. When we feel weary, and I know that there are those who are here this morning, you're just wearied with life, feel weary with life, carrying uh, burdens. When we're stressed out, when we're crushed, when we're broken, when we are overwhelmed, God feels for us. He is touched by that feeling. It says the Lord in, in Psalm 34 verse 18, listen, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. God isn't aloof when we're hurting. He draws near to us. And he doesn't just put his arm around us, you know, with a, uh, just to console us. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus is talking, and this is when he launches his ministry, and it's with these words, a, a prophecy that was spoken in Isaiah about his coming. And Jesus speaks these words. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And so he is here to heal our broken hearts. He is here to set us free if we feel oppressed. He really is a good God that cares about our feelings and about us, and is not just here to console, but to heal. Isn't that good? So, 
How do we keep from getting overwhelmed by stuff? Well, and, and the, the rest of this message is a very simple thought, but it is profound if we, if we allow it uh, to operate in our lives. We really need to be overwhelmed with God because we are probably going to be overwhelmed by something, either by the stuff that's going on in our lives or by God. In Psalm 46 and verse 8, it says, Come, behold the works of the Lord. We need to reflect on what God is doing, what God has done. This is why it's so important. You know, I think, as I said, every time I come to this, around this time of the year, I begin reflecting of what God has done in my life. And it's, it is, it's overwhelming because uh, He rescued me. He saved me. And God wants us to be overwhelmed with Him. Now, having said that, I want to go back to something I talked about at the, at, in the introduction, and that is I don't just live my life amped all the time. Uh, and, and about God, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm just always just so amped about God. Now, there are, there are people who have that kind of personality and all. They are, they are almost just like amped about God all the time, and I, I think that's great, but I am, my emotions are a little different, and I'm, I, I do feel for Him. I feel about Him strongly, but it's not like I'm just, oh, man, God, 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 you know, all the time. I, I have my moments, but you know, this is true about other people I love, about like my wife, Cindy. I, I, she, I love her more than anybody else on the planet. My wife. I do. Love her. And I feel that as an emotion a lot. But it's not like I'm always, you know, She's over here. If you're viewing online, I'm looking in her direction. I thought about having her come and stand on the platform with me just, just because I can't stand to be away from her any longer. But, but I would pay for that when we got home, so I'm not, not, not going to do that. But I do feel very strongly toward her. Anybody that knows me knows that and, and all. But I, I, it's not like I'm... My emotions are just supercharged all the time. I, I, we, at night before we go to sleep, the last thing we say to usually about the last thing we say to each other before we go to sleep is, I love you. Uh, but, and I'd like to tell you that my I love you before I go to sleep at night is just so emotional. Tears streaming down my face and <laughs> love you. But a lot of times the reality is I'm just, tired and ready to go to sleep, and I probably mumble it more than express it with emotion. Kind of, that happens. And that's, you know, so my point in saying that is, is that I, I try to make it real to us because I'm not, when I talk about being overwhelmed with God, I'm not talking about this just emotional thing that we're on 
all the time. So if you don't cry every time you think about Jesus, you're probably not weird. Just, it's kind of uh, more probably kind of normal. Now, if you've never cried thinking about Jesus, you're probably weird. No, 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 no. We all express our emotions in different ways. Some of us are more emotional in our feelings and the way we express them and all. But anyway, having said all of that, all of us can feel more strongly about him and more often if we just consider him. The works of the Lord. What God, He's an awesome God. And the best way for us to get overwhelmed with Him is to know and to believe, listen to this, how overwhelmed He is with us. The most known verse of Scripture probably in all the Word of God is the following, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I emphasize this. This stood out to me some time ago, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sons. Too many people have the feeling that God is just not that into them. And it's a terrible thing, terrible feeling, because it's a, it's a terrible lie. Listen, it is impossible for God to show us in any greater way that he is into us than what he did through Jesus' suffering and death. There are some parents, and you'll remember this, that would say to their, this little game that parents would play with their kids, you know, uh, how much do I love you? Do I love you this much or this much or this much? No. I love you this, and they'll spread their arms wide. Someone asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he spread out his arms. And died. He died for us because he's overwhelmed by us. And we will only be as overwhelmed by him as we believe how much he is overwhelmed by us. I had an experience in, in the prayer room just uh, a week or so ago, and I was praying for my granddaughter. Emma, she has a need of a healing in her body, and I was praying for her, and uh, I love this little girl. I love my grandkids, so I'm praying for Emma, and as I'm praying, I think, and I know it was the Holy Spirit began to just remind me of the truth, and that is that, that the, the intensity of my love for that little girl, you know, I would do, I would do anything to help her anything within my power to help her. And God just kind of reminds me again, and that is, is that that's exactly what he did for me, for you. 
Everything within his power he has done for us. That's why Jesus came and died. He paid the price for our sin, for our sickness, for our emotional turmoil, for our provision, everything that we needed, he paid the price for. And it is a bit, if we think about it, if we dwell on it, if we consider him, that's what the Bible says in Hebrews, for consider him. We need to consider him. We think about him. And the more we think about him and what he's done for us, the more overwhelmed we'll be by him. And not only that, the better we are at believing how overwhelmed he is with us, the better we'll be able to pray and believe that he's going to come through and meet our needs. You see, because he is overwhelmed by us. He does care for us. He cares for you. And I want to close with the verse I used earlier, and that is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That is such a simple but profound and powerful statement. Casting all our cares, all our anxieties, all our worries on him because he cares for us. He cares for you. I want you to say this with me. He cares for me. He cares for me. Amen. He is overwhelmed by us. <laughs> How can we not be overwhelmed? How can we not be overwhelmed? We need to consider him. Praise God. Let's bow our heads this morning. And as we just take a moment to, to consider him, think about him, Thank Him for what He's done for us. Maybe you've come into the service this morning or you're viewing online or listening online and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and today you'd like to and you're just in response to this and you'd say, would you remember me in the, your closing prayer for forgiveness? I want to ask Jesus to forgive me and come into my life. Just slip it up where I can see it and know to conclude you in this prayer. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. You who are viewing or listening at home, we're going to pray a, a prayer together. And I just want us all to pray this prayer out. If you have done this before and asked Christ into your life, you're away from him, you need his forgiveness, he cares for you. Uh, if you are here and are listening and you are, you are, there are those, I know we are living in such uh, troubling times. There's so much that it, sometimes it does seem overwhelming. And for those of us this morning that feel overwhelmed, we're going to include you in this prayer uh, and, and believe God for His presence, His ability, His comfort, His strength in our lives. And so would you all just pray this prayer with me out loud? Lord Jesus, Actually, I'm going to pause for a moment. I'm going to rephrase this, and let's just say this out. Oh, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart. Come into my life. and Change me. Make me a brand new person. 
I believe you for that. Jesus, thank you for caring so much for me. I do believe that you love me. You are overwhelmed with me. Thank you for that. I pray for your strength. I pray for your comfort. I pray for your healing in my body, in my mind. Thank you for that. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a, a, just a big clap and thank Him? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Our prayer team's going to come and stand up here in the front. Uh, they will be here for you if you'd like to come and uh, uh, ask for uh, prayer individually. They'll be here. Uh, we're going to release you and let you go. Pastor Poole will be back next weekend. And we love Jesus, don't we? Somebody say, wow. wow. Praise God. You got it. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.